The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Good afternoon, you are listening to Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM with me, Simon Tishko. And on today's detour, uh, I've got a really special guest, an old friend of mine, Jessica Jones, who is going to be talking about her beautifully named book, The Elegant Art of Falling Apart, which comes from a period in her life when Jessica suffered from cancer, was diagnosed with cancer and had a major relationship breakup. This turned into a blog called Chemo Chic, How to Look Good and Receive Cancer Treatment. And um, it's now a book published all over the world. And Jessica's coming to talk about that really soon. I shall be playing music by Suicide and Alan Vega, which um, I'll be doing a lot more on that later in the season. Uh, Suicide was one of the most exciting band. I was actually a sound engineer for. I ended up touring Europe and various other places being their out front sound engineer. When I started I barely knew what I was doing and it was an interesting radical experience which I'm going to write up at some point because it was kind of quite a trip. At the same time I shall be plugging and playing some excerpts from sound pieces at the Unfun Fair Part 2 which is at Beaconsfield Gallery 22 Newport Street in Lambeth and as well as having my work on show there I have to say that Beaconsfield is quite literally one of the coolest galleries in London it has I don't know 10 15 20 degrees between uh, below the outside London ambience of sweaty heat we have at the moment so I do thoroughly recommend you look up Beaconsfield Gallery on the internet and come down and see us at the show. It's a project show. I'll be spending a lot of time actually making work there. Later on this week or later on this month, I'm going to have a petrol bomb workshop where we'll be looking at all things Molotov and all things cocktail, not necessarily in that order. Whatever, look on the website being www.theculture.net and you'll find all the details there meanwhile pin back your ears and welcome jessica jones who's going to talk about us talk to us and talk with us and stuff like that pin back your ears there we go that's nice that's nice recording so jess thanks for coming and having a word because i've known about the project you've been working on for some time i've heard you in the early days when you were thinking about it and what's drawn me towards it is that your work is as a writer quite often you come up with some major major crisis in your life and you start to deal with it through your work you bring your work in as a way of dealing with that which to an extent a lot of us do Mm, yes Um, and that's really intriguing so and it really has sort of been a matter of life and death, hasn't it? It's like really the most serious of things because we're similar age and you found you had cancer. Is that right? That's right, yeah. And yeah. so that's the genesis of this book. What's the title of the book anyway? Tell us, give us the context. What's the title of the book and what's happening with it? The book's called The Elegant Art of Falling Apart. Delicious title, I have <laughs> to say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, it's it's about that and it but it's interesting what you said about you know it, it uh, that it deals with the worst possible subject you know being cancer or mm-hmm. whatever you it's the word some people don't even want to say the word do they? 
Well, people are, you know, we are somewhat superstitious about that. But interestingly enough, for me, the book isn't really about that at all. That the the cancer is kind of the inciting incident, if you like, in the story. But yeah. it's really not what the book's about. And actually, it's about it's more about a relationship breakup and mm-hmm. friends. But what's what's interesting from my point of view is that the cancer although it was you know it was devastating to be told and you know and they'd have to go through all the chemotherapy and mm-hmm. radiotherapy and surgery and you know it's, it's full on that wasn't the thing that I couldn't cope with at all what I couldn't cope with was the relationship breakup which came hot on the heels of the mm-hmm. of all the treatment and everything else and that devastated me so through all the cancer treatment and everything else I was actually doing really quite well and then this other thing happened and it pushed me right over the edge that was the straw that broke the camel's back as such or well I don't even yes it may have been the straw that broke the camel's back but I honestly think that that we are better at dealing with big crises than with the ones with the more mundane Mm -hmm. you know it's like when you know if I'm diagnosed with cancer or someone dies or there's some big disaster or my house burns down or something, it's kind of like you're almost given permission to go to pieces about that. But everyone rallies around and helps. And mm. and, and yet when, you know, people, when we get divorced or you lose your job or, you know, the m- much more sort of mundane crises that happen in everyone's life all the time, somehow we're supposed to sort of take that on the chin and Mm -hmm. I actually think that they can be more devastating just because we're not really you know we don't really know how to deal with them I don't anyway yeah no it makes perfect sense personally I love a crisis I kind of seem to be on like my head's above the water I'm on kind of clear air and ground I know what to do in a crisis deep breath get on with it it's relatively Mm. easy to do yeah yeah well if it's if it's something that's sort of big and dramatic and out there and you know kind of got all the mm-hmm. all the sort of trappings of a crisis but you know a relationship breakup we probably don't see that as you know something that you know that you're meant to be able to take that in your stride mm. so how did it how did you did you start writing as a way of working with what was going on with you or did it just did you have the idea of doing the book no no I started writing I didn't I didn't want to write about it at all but um as you know I am a writer by trade um but when I when I was diagnosed you know people kept saying to me oh you must write a blog and you must journal and Mm. I just thought oh fuck off you know that's the last the last thing I want to do is write about this because a you know it's work and b who on earth wants to read a blog about someone going through cancer? Not me, that's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I just had, I just didn't want to go there at all. And um, one day I was talking to a friend. I had this friend who used to pick me up and take me to hospital all the time mm-hmm. for my treatment. And um, I'd lost all my hair, and I, but I'd worked out this kind of way to deal with that. And I had the big headscarf, and I had the sort of chandelier earrings and mm-hmm. the red lipstick, and it was just kind I of like... I think I remember. Had it all going yeah, on, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I got into my friend's car, and he looked at me, and he said, you're really working the chemo chic look. Uh-huh. And I thought, that's it. That's, that's what I'm going to write about. I'm going to write about cancer and fashion, because it's so absurd. 
So I made this blog called Chemo Chic. Yeah. And I started writing about, you know, mm. it's just stuff, stupid things, makeup, wigs, you know, what, you know, my shoes, um, chocolate, you know, going to get the wigs with Bev at the, at the wig shop and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And, um, and once I started, I just couldn't stop. You know, I was writing it pretty much every day. And, um, and then people started reading it. Yeah. That's excellent. It's a really nice progression. And you've gone to the stage of publishing. It's a book, a real mm. book, softback, hardback, ebook. What is it? It's a hardback, a paperback, and an ebook. It's a more. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm so proud of that. It's just incredible to see it, um, you know, for real. It was it was published in Australia first, and it's just been published in the UK by Unbound, who are um, a new kind of publisher, and they they do the they fund the books through a crowdfunding process. So that's in itself has been really interesting. So anything to Johnny Geller? No, John Mitchinson. Okay. Um, there are three guys behind it. There's John Mitchinson, um, Dan Kieran, and Justin Pollard, and they started the company probably just two years ago. And they've published, I think they've funded 70 books. Incredible. And they've published about 20 or so of them already, mm. which is amazing. Because um, there's almost an expectation you don't get books anymore. But of course you do. And here you have got them. I mean, publishing the way it's changing so radically. Yeah, well, it was interesting for me because I saw it from both sides because it was it, the book was published in Australia by Hachette, which is a big... Yeah, international yeah, yeah. publishing company and then it was published here by Unbound so there were two incredibly different ways of doing things mm. but it was interesting how in the kind of short amount of time between being um, you know getting a deal from Hachette to write the book and you know to the UK publication the whole publishing industry pretty much collapsed exactly in that short space of time yeah. it was quite phenomenal and um, so anyway, now we're looking at interesting new business models and mm. Unbound is one of them. And it's, it's, it's kind of exciting. It's really exciting. It's, it's hard work, but it's, it's exciting. Mm. Mm. And what's, are you doing all these kind of promo things or not? What are you doing? Anything like that? Or is it just kind of relatively soft? Or have you done stuff like that? Because you've already been published. Well, I've done all kinds of things. I mean, um, I did a lot of press... Uh, in Australia and then the process of doing the, the crowdfunding has meant me doing things like you know speaking at the Hay Festival doing live gigs mm -hmm. doing parties fundraising parties um, endless amounts of Facebook and Twitter writing articles for magazines and newspapers mm -hmm. I mean it's just a huge combination of stuff and it can be really exhausting I'm thinking Jesus Christ this is more work than writing the book almost yeah you know? I believe it can be yeah, it really can be yeah 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 but I, I guess you get I get to the you know you've got to love I mean I love my book and I want it to be out there and I want uh -huh. it to be as great as it can be you yeah. know? so I'm, I'm sort of really up for doing all of that but um, I think you know, I wouldn't be as enthusiastic about doing it for, you know, as a job or for someone else's book or, you know, mm, mm, mm. you've got to love what you're really trying to yeah. put all this time into, so. 
It's a very difficult equation because it's it's with all create. I mean, I've just put a new exhibition up, and I, the night I came home, there were sort of about six of us setting it up, and I took everyone for ice cream afterwards, and I actually felt like crying. I was on my bike. I just wanted to cry all the way home. I didn't like what I was doing, strangely. But mm. I've not learned to love it, but I went back, and it was kind of there, and it was part of the process, but it can be so emotional. So I really like the notion you're saying, how much you love your book. It's, very important. Oh, I do, I do, and it was—it's kind of—it's funny, you know, the book because once it's written, you know, I do feel quite detached from it. And sometimes I pick it up and I have to, you know, read it because I'm giving a talk or something. And I read it, and I think, God, what is this? Who wrote this? What, mm. what, what is this mad story? You know, I feel really quite sort of like now it's become something outside of me mm -hmm. but that's actually great because <clears throat> it shows actually you know it really shows how it's worked cathartically for me mm. you know i mean I, I didn't write the book as a cathartic process although you know it turned mm. out to be that but um but yeah it has turned out to be that yeah that's yeah. wonderful yeah yeah and um Sorry, that thing is distracting me. Don't worry, it's just a nice noise in the background. It's actually okay. lighting joke blowing on the window. Okay. Really, we're not the BBC, and we like background <laughs> noises on resonance. In fact, I spend hours adding background noises, oh, things right. on resonance, scratching records, fingernails on blackboards, you know, creaks, and I've got a box full of them that will be overlaid over this, so really don't mm. need to worry. <laughs> But um, I was lost my train of thought. But what I think what I was saying was um, that I found the book it was incredibly hard to write because I wrote I started writing it when I was still going through it, and then you know to tell a story on you know to communicate I think it's it's really essential to be honest you know and to be to to be real mm. authentic's my word of authentic the day is the word yeah. and um so it kind of, what that meant was that i had to relive all the things that i'd just gone through yeah which is not necessarily what you want to do and it was so hard <laughs> i mean it was just you know i was i spent more time kind of on the floor screaming and crying and uh -huh. chewing the carpet than i did actually writing and I had to go back to therapy and I had, mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff. But but in the end, it's been great. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's every creative work is a little mountain to climb, isn't it, of sorts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you get the lovely view when you get to the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been quite something, you know, mm. having... For me, the most unbelievable thing has been... Um, people that I don't know reading the book and then going on Facebook and sending me messages mm -hmm. you know it just blows me away yeah getting Facebook messages from people that I don't know who've read my book and have and want have found you know have looked searched out a place to write and and get in touch and um and taken the time to sort of say oh you know i loved your book thank you so much and people just say most incredible things you know i've mm -hmm. been reading it with my dad while he's dying i've been you know i've been this i got a facebook message from a girl young girl in the north of queensland saying you know i'm a young girl in the north of queensland i don't have any friends who've ever had cancer 
but I loved your book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you know, you know, early twenties. Mm. It's, it's a big just, world out there. Yeah. I know, but it's just it, it, to me, it's incredible that someone takes the time to respond. Well, you've taken the time to write it, and so the, mm. the, it, the, it's re, it's responding to that. You, you, you've done that because you could so easily have not silently suffered, but you know, just kind of processed it, processed this huge eruption in your life, process it as we do to carry on, and something in the past and said you've documented it and documented it really well and it's now something alive and separate it's a really interesting process yeah it is I, but I never thought about the you know I hope that people would read it obviously but I never thought about that being a two way street and, of course not. and actually it's only really recently that it, that it has become that you know since we've had Facebook and and all that stuff that you know as a writer I can talk to readers and they can talk to me yeah it's very new that's one of the exciting things about that I mean I do Twitter a lot yeah. having a debate with someone about an article I'd wrote I'd written I'd written I'd written I'd read see I'm trying to claim it no I didn't write that article the article I'd read and blah 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 I was discussing it in quite we were almost arguing and I well, where's the information come from and I sent the tweet out to the journalist and said where do you actually source this stuff and he responded in the timeline and told us the book and then we found out about the book and it was actually with Pippa and she ended up meeting the author the last time she was in Afghanistan or something it was like really bizarre how it all tied up but that thing of being able to reach out and actually feed back to stuff you're doing is really yeah. interesting oh, I love it I mean I love it because I'm just like you know really if if I had my my dream life would be to spend nearly all my life in a coffee shop talking to my friends. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, so yeah. Facebook is just yeah, it's just that it's brilliant. there already. Excellent. So have you still got the blog going? Are you still writing that, or is that just sat there? That's a document in the that, past now. Well, interesting. What the blog has turned into something else. So that blog um, is a document in the past. I stopped writing it because I felt like, you know, I've told my story and I've told and I've written the book and you know and I don't want to just keep writing a blog about you no, know I, you've done it yeah about that but chemo sheet became a thing you know during the course of when I was writing the blog it, you know people were reading it and talking there was articles in the paper about it and stuff mm. and I thought I don't want to just completely kill chemo chic you know because it's just it's become this thing and basically what what it was was I was writing about the things that I couldn't find out about and mm -hmm. didn't know where to turn to 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 get that information so you know when when I was diagnosed with cancer I didn't know anyone who had cancer uh -huh. I had no one to talk to about it and at the hospital they give you loads of leaflets which is you know not quite you know, it's great, but it's mm -hmm. very dry information. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anything about, you know, wigs or what it would be like to be sick with chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many things. <clears throat> and um, so I was kind of writing it. I was, you know, trying to gather up the information for myself and then make sense of it and, and write this blog. And but what I realized is that there really wasn't anything like it, mm. you know, um, how to elegantly live with cancer. Well, how to just, yeah, you know. But I mean, that's a, yeah. not, not as a, as a um, super, 
I'm stuck for words tonight. Superficial thing. Yeah. I mean that as, because if you're going to do something personally, I like to do it reasonably well. You know, how can I go through this reasonably well with my dignity intact, which means kind of to be slightly elegant about it, doesn't it? Yeah, and as a person rather than as a cancer sufferer, yeah, yeah, yeah. cancer survivor, exactly. whatever, it's just like you're still you, I'm still me, uh-huh. you know, just got this. But then I suddenly, you know, suddenly you find people, everyone's giving you this sort of, the little kind of sympathetic smile with the tilt of the head. And, oh, God. Oh, dear. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no. So you've, um, in, you've included a lot of this actually in the book, though, that you've got. It's kind of, there is a how-to guide, how to cancer in the book. There kind of is, yeah, there's, but they're, <laughs> they're my things. They're, I yeah. call it things I wish I'd known before. Okay. Oh, and oh, some of them, I think, things I now know, which I really wish I didn't, you know. But And they're, they're things like, you know... Um, what to pack for a week in hospital, how to break bad news, you know, just stuff. <laughs> stuff that I yeah. thought might be useful it's to I mean, somebody. There, you know, where do you find that? You know, can you imagine your who, your who answers, how to break the news of cancer to your loved ones? Well, exactly. So, you know, know, I there's, there's nothing didn't have there. a clue. You know? I mean, what do you do? Send out an email yeah. you know, to everyone saying, mm. guess what? You know, yeah. I don't know. But um, so with the chemo sheet, what I did was I, cl- I, I stopped that blog and I set up a new one, which is called the Chemo Sheet Project. And I actually really want to talk about this because mm. I, lo- I really want this to be a big success. It's um, the idea of the Chemo Sheet Project is it's a place where anyone can tell their story. Anyone who's been affected by cancer. Uh-huh at any time in their life, whether you've had it, whether you're, you know, it's your mom, your dad, your husband, wife, whatever. And, you know, really, actually, there's not a single person alive who hasn't been affected by cancer. So it's there for everyone. <clears throat> but um, it's, it's, you know, writing is an incredibly cathartic process and it has been shown to have really... Um, measurable physical health benefits yeah. expressive writing so but you know not everyone wants to write blogs and books mm-hmm. and blah 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 so I wanted to make this website where anyone can tell their story but in a in a in an edited you know coherent way not like a cancer forum because I went on cancer forums and they're like you just want to be putting a plastic bag over your head and you know, after five minutes of people yeah. moaning. I and, think there's a sub-forum for that. Oh, there? it's just awful, you know. <laughs> so I wanted to make, you know, and it's really, you know, it's really... Let me just start this sentence again. After going through something like cancer, it's natural to want to give something back. And a lot of people go out and, you know, run a marathon or mm-hmm. climb a mountain or whatever. I'm never going to do that. You know, this I, the last thing on earth I ever want to do is run a marathon. Um, we could do it in a taxi. We could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be with you on that. We could do it in the BMW. Yeah, yeah. But anyway... Um, so I set up this website. This is my way of getting something back. What's the website address? Give us the specific address for it's that. Chemo Chic, C-H-E-M-O-C-H-I-C dot org. Okay. Chemochic dot org. Great. Really simple. And you can tell your story. And basically, it's a, it's a way to share our stories and, you know, by helping someone else help yourself. And also, you know, you can just... I mean, I had one one lady got in touch with me, and she had been diagnosed with a rare form of um, lymphoma, and she had been given six months to live, mm. and she wanted to write about her hair. 
and she wrote about having short hair for the first time in her life and that, that's what she was wanted to write about you know yeah, yeah. you can write about scarves you can write about mm. dinner you can write about you know going on dates anything or you can write about something extremely traumatic you know I had another um, guy who wrote an article about his wife going through breast cancer and he wrote about how on the way to hospital to to taking her to have her surgery, mm. he picked a fight with her in the car. Aye. Because he because he couldn't cope. Yeah, he couldn't cope. You know, and I, he wrote about that. It yeah. was a most amazing piece to that actually so fess up. And then he talked about how important it is mm -hmm. to get support if your family member is going through cancer because you can't do it on your own. Of course not. So it's great. You know, it's that's, that's what it's really amazing. It sounds like an, a really amazing project anyway, just all in all. Mm. And so let's. You got the book is now out. Book's now out. Yeah. Give us another name for the book. Go. Give us another plug for the book. The Elegant Art of Falling Apart. It's published by Unbound, and it's by out Jessica Jones. By Jessica Jones. That's me, and it's out um, now in bookshops, Amazon, and everywhere you like. And especially your local bookshop that we also love to support. And you can go to your local bookshop, and if they don't have it, you can ask them to order it. Yeah, everyone should have that book. Jess, thank you so much. I think that's really, really nice. That's really interesting. And um, I'm going to mix some background noises and distortion into that, obviously, okay, as I do. Great. No, I won't. I won't, I promise. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> can you cut out the bits where I just... <laughs> no, I'm not an editor. I don't, I don't really oh, edit much. It's just a lovely... No, it's a lovely flow. Okay. That was Jessica Jones talking about her... A wonderful book. On uh, now on to something slightly different.
a Holger 120 and I've got some Kodak 100 ASA slide film EV um, ES in fact it's extra saturated film which is really nice and this is about 12 years out of date so right and inside you've got the roll with the paper it's basically paper wrapped around film The reel in there. It's very organic. It's nothing just like we used to do. That's it. And you slot paper in there, like so. And then you start to tighten it. Just a little bit. There you go, like that. Right. And now we'll seal the back up. I'm going to use tape the clips are broken. Nice, that's a nice piece, sticky. Yeah, that's it there. We'll just rip those into two bits. That's good. Right, now I'll tape the back on. And one of the things is we quite like the fact that this will leak light because that will leak onto the pictures we take and make them more special. And then we look through the little red window at the back, which is really nice. And then we let you get little, little pictograms up here. I probably need my glasses. Tell me oh, any messages coming up. Not yet. Just read. Eventually it will say one. It's a lovely action. Oh, uh, nope. Doesn't little arrow. arrow. Yeah, here it comes. That's like get ready for Yeah, get ready for number one. So good. Oh, what does that say? It says Kodak upside <laughs> down. Nice. One! There we go, we're ready for number one. So, um, we have it set to indoors. And here, I think that'll take a picture. You ready? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a toy. I know, it is kind of like a toy. And then we go on to number two. Kodak again. Yeah. Yeah, two. Two. Very satisfying. I do it. Where's the Bear best? in mind the light's behind me. Yeah, that's okay. Where's no, the it won't. Best? I'll be all dark and it'll be light. So I need to, yeah. me to sit here. Maybe I want it like that. Oh, like that, is Where's it? Where's the pressy press? Well, I don't know. If you're going to be so stroppy, I don't think <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the button is to press. <laughs> I'll find it somehow. <laughs> 
So you just tried to press a button there. You oh, I can see it. I can see it. That could have been the eject button for all you knew. I can see I've just seen my nail polish, which yeah. I need to do. Lie down. Lie down. Okay. That's <laughs> going in it. Bear in mind the framing you're getting is not at all perfect because yeah, you're looking yeah. through a viewfinder. Sand. <laughs> now wind it onto number three. Which way do I wind it? Yeah. I think you can only wind it one way. Three. Can I have one for my erotic clothes, my erotic catalogue for Paris? What do you want? Do some zips. That's it. You just stand up, madam. <laughs> I'm going to get the. Uh... No, thank you. <laughs> you can get dressed again now, madam. Thank you. <laughs> clicking noise and the fact that we've got a number I genuinely do have film in my camera because quite often with early film erotic photography they um, didn't have any film they didn't have any film they just had the uh, model with no clothes on it's nice Satisfying sound. Right, um, we've got 12 shots and we're now on number five. So I suggest we go somewhere else for further yeah. erotic photography yeah. and maybe we'll continue recording if not. Um, Outside? Ooh. Okay. What's the light mean? Depends on the light. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. I mean, it's just going to be odd whatever we do. It's, it's quite nice light outside. Don't know. Mm. Should we just go? Leave the rest for another day. Yeah. We've done a good day's work. <laughs> And um, if you're interested in seeing the Tishko erotic photography, Tishko Saucy erotic photography, um, it's going to be published in Paris sometime uh, early next year, 2014. Thank you. Oh, girl.
to the unfun fair part two. It's supposed to be an exhibition. But I have to question that. I have to question the notion of what is an exhibition to show, to exhibit, to be an exhibitionist. None of this is finished work. I'd even question whether any of it was artwork. And again, maybe that's me playing a game. Value systems, notions of art, means of production. These are my tools. These are my raw materials. Some of them, as presented, appear as one-line jokes. Yet maybe you're missing the meaning. Or maybe my ability as an artist is so lacking I've not communicated the meeting. But on the other hand, maybe you're engaging in the work. You see layers and layers of meaning, references to your own past, the problems of society, deeply personal things that you've not even told your therapist or your partner. Am I referring to great literature here? Are the fornicating sports horses a weighted metaphor for the fall of our social society? Is it just two scrap objects mischievously placed given the context of an art gallery and a flyer an oblong piece of cardboard and a listing in the magazines and therefore weighted with cultural reference. Is it a game I'm playing? Maybe this isn't an exhibition at all. Did I even see any of these materials before I had them assembled here? Perhaps the first I knew of this exhibition was when I read the leaflet that you may have read on the way in here. I read it quickly and thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing as an artist. And I threw all these things together and went, there you go, that's it. Or it could be years and years and years and years of practice, years of thinking, considering, 
throwing things away, discarding ideas, reinventing ideas, reinvesting in ideas, re-inhabiting ideas, sorting, sifting, discarding, keeping, placing for later, making a note, turning around, using it in a different way, putting it next to another one. <gasps> That's a good idea, I'd find myself saying. Must make a note of that. Which piece are you looking at now? That's the one I was referring to. It was a very good idea mixed with another idea that I had before and now I've put them together. Well, you can see the results. Do you find yourself feeling nostalgic in this space? Can you think of the poor children, poor adults, poor human beings who found themselves alive and in the raggedy school. What were they there for? Society was not yet sophisticated enough to learn to have cared for everyone. And so we had raggedy schools placed here by rich benefactors. And mostly people were trained to be cannon fodder and factory fodder. People were the precursors of automation. They were the cogs in the machine that made the profits, that made the capital, that made the investments grow. And then it all changed in 1945. And then it all changed again with Margaret Thatcher. Greed was the word. Before that, it was the common good. Socialism. Not anymore. Not in foul Britannia. Anyway, what are you looking at now? Yes, that's the one I was referring to. This one references that. It also draws heavily and nods towards the work of that artist and the issues raised in his practice and his oeuvre. But then, we've moved on from that. We can nod towards it, but not copy. We can acknowledge, we can have similarities, but be different. Yes, that's the work I was talking about. It's nice, isn't it? I hope someone buys that one. Would you like to buy that one? Have you got the space for that one? Maybe buy it with a friend. Have you got any friends? I had a friend once. What are we looking at now? Is that a set of tools or a carefully placed selection of objects? Creating space in between the objects, creating meaning existing within the negation of the space between, as we do, islands, each of us. Maybe, maybe we should just listen to the music.
been listening to the Heatwave edition of Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM with me, Simon Tishko. Details of today's show, further shows, previous shows and any issues that affect you deeply personally, you can find details of them on my website being www.theculture.net. Follow the links to whatever you want to actually look at. That's the thing to do. Anyway, hope you will be here, same time, same place, same fabulous radio station, Resonance 104.4 FM. Um, next Tuesday between the hours 3 and 4 o'clock Isotopica is also repeated at 6am on Sunday morning for all those people still elegantly up from the night before and everyone else in another time zone of course this is me Simon Tishko signing out for another week bye for now This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.